The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Going In Raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey, Randall, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Matt Chat. It's a show on Going In Raw channel where we debate and discuss the hot topics in the world of wrestling, yeah. past, present, and future. And of course, uh, these are all topics that are brought to our attention by our patrons. $20 yes. and up yes. at uh, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. You too can be part of the Matt Chat Show. Get your video on I the show. I can be part of Matt Chat? Yes, if you're a $20 patron, you could submit your question via video form, Ooh. and then you can then answer that Maybe question. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe you should do that. Maybe I should do it. I'll submit my own questions for us to if debate. We both do it. That's forty more dollars a month we're making. We lose out on a little bit of that as the Patreon fee. So, and money comes back to us. So essentially, you're just giving Patreon a little bit of money, and then no, I guess we won't have any questions a, on our own show. It's a bad idea. Yeah, it's a bad idea. It might be clever. Is being clever once worth a couple bucks? Uh, no, it's not. Because it's not really that clever. Who's our first video question? Who's our first Matt Chatter today, Larson? Barrett Fabata. All right, why don't we roll that clip? Is Vince McMahon really that bad of a booker? Barrett Fabata, always good for a short question. That might be the short est. I think you got one under four seconds, like Ooh, a three second one. Wow. But that's pretty short. Four seconds. This question. Succinct, direct, to the point. Is Vince really that bad of a booker? He might be now. Here's the thing. In a macro sense, in terms of how he books his company, large. it's hard to argue with the success that he's achieved. Yeah. They sell out WrestleManias, yeah. even when on a micro level, the creative is not good. Yeah, um, They just made a, a, a crap ton of money on two new television contracts. Again, when the creative isn't that good. Yeah. So in terms of how he packages, books his entire promotion, uh, he's done something right because uh, everybody, like WWE has never been more covered on the mainstream level yeah. than it is now. Yeah. They're making a, a, a crap ton of money. Yeah. And uh, yeah, fans like us can pick apart the intricacies of the creative or lack thereof because sometimes there's zero intricacies to the creative. Yeah. It's like just blunt force creative. That's basically what it is. Um, but... On the, on the macro level, it's hard to argue with at least the business strategy of the company. Yeah, I agree with that. In terms of a promoter, like you said, on the macro level, he is probably the best ever because his company is the biggest wrestling company ever. And still around, unlike most wrestling right, exactly, companies yeah. that have existed in the history of the industry. So he's probably the best, but if you look at, the like you said, the actual creative and the minutia of it, uh, it's not good. It's, no, it's for the most part. Good. I mean, we've heard repeatedly about uh, Vince's lack of vision, his fickleness, 
his tendency to to change things on the fly on a yeah. whim <clears throat> regardless of how it may affect affect the 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 long-term uh, uh storylines for various wrestlers um he seems to consider none of that it seems to be a week by week deal yeah. um so in that sense that's just not good storytelling yeah um you know you, 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 at, and there's times where you hear about movies that go into production without a finished script yeah most of the times it's a train wreck every mm-hmm. once in a while you get something like Casablanca mm-hmm. which is a classic even though they started shooting the movie without a finished script yeah it's possible however unless you know where the story is going to go before you start the story odds are you're going to get lost in, in between your beginning and end what year did Casablanca come out 41 like 40 yeah that sounds right that was damn near that was almost 80 years ago. Holy crap. 77, yeah. Wowie, wow. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on your definition of Booker. Like, if they took Vince McMahon and they plumped him down and they plunked him down in some, you know, rinky-dink promotion, would his style of booking work? I don't know. Yeah, I don't you know. Yeah, but for everything, you know, for every probably three or four things WB Creative gets wrong, they booked Braun Strowman pretty much perfectly. Yeah, they do right. They Since do, they, they brought him over to Raw, separated him from the Wyatt family. They do good things. Yeah, every once in a while they do really good things. Braun Strowman's a perfect example of something they've gotten right pretty much across the board. Yeah, yeah, There could yeah. be a handful of minor missteps, but yeah. by and large, they have booked him perfectly. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got a video question from Christian. Hey, Steve. Hey, Larson. It is the Hall of Famer and champion, Christian. Here with the match question. In honor of this belt that I have on my shoulder and the world champion Washington Nationals, my question to you guys is, what is the greatest title reign of all time? Again, (laughs) other than mine. Too sweet and hearty handshake. Thank you, Christian. Christian! I'll go first. All right. Greatest title reign ever is obviously Bruno San Martino. It was the longest. Was, one of them was like, what, seven and a half years, eight years? Almost eight like years, yeah. Like crazy. 2,400 days. Longest. That dude like sold out a lot of buildings, and uh, he was just the best. It's, it's like freaking eight years, man. Come on. How yeah, that's a long reign. It's best. a different era, though. That's the territory so, days, man. Yeah, it's probably harder to do stuff back then. Oh, I don't know. I yeah, mean, uh, Kazuchika Okada had what I'm going to say is the greatest reign ever, almost 800 days, and and it wasn't just the length of his reign. He put on incredible matches, every title defense. I've actually never seen any of Bruno's, Bruno's title defenses because I, I don't know how they measure up. Oh, man, they're epic. Seven-star matches across the board. Well, as far as I know, the only seven-star match was when Okada lost the, ma- the well, belt Well, Dave Meltzer Omega. wasn't alive back in 1943 when Bruno San Martino began his run. None of that is true. You have no idea what you're talking about. None. None. <laughs> without, without question, the greatest title reign in modern wrestling history, like from the 80s, is Okada. Without question. Because every title defense was a fantastic match. He had three of the greatest matches in wrestling history yeah, but during the course s- of his title run. Did he sell out buildings the way Bruno did? It's a different time, man. You can't just say that. He had a different time. Of course I can what say that. What does that matter? The, the, the wrestling industry is vastly different now in 2018 well, than it was in 1968. It but Bruno, that's not Bruno's fault. You I'm can't blame blaming, Bruno I'm for that. I'm not blaming Bruno for that. Well, there you go then. 
Bruno's the best. Eight years selling out Madison Square Garden every single night. He would sell that out like three nights in a row. What the heck? Who wants to see a boring-ass 40-minute match three nights in a row? I do. Everybody did back then because he was Bruno. They thought it was real. <laughs> it was Cicada. freaking Bruno. I'm surprised you didn't, you didn't say uh, Orville Brown. I don't know. I don't even think it's a real person. It I is. Think... Orville Brown's the real oh, person. Oh, no. Orville Brown. Farmer Brown wasn't the real person. Yeah. It was some farmer other. Some other farmer. Farmer Burns. Farmer Burns. That's what it was. Yeah, exactly. I made up my own wrestling. No, it's Okada, man. It's Okada. Bruno. Okada it's absolutely easily Bruno. had the greatest modern title. Modern, run. yes. And and then you, 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 the question wasn't modern. No, I understand that. But you take into account just the awesome quality of his matches during his title reign. It's hard to top that. Okada versus Bruno. The only Who person wins? Okada. The no, only person. Bruno wins. As far as I can, I, I, I'm aware. The only person. And Melser said this several times. Okada can't even get to the freaking ring now. He's so traumatized from what little baby Jay White did to him the other no, day. No, he's traumatized because he lost his beloved uh, IWGP heavyweight he title He didn't belt. seem traumatized in the three matches I saw since he lost his title. He seemed different, however. He was chill. He was relaxed. He didn't get nervous about going to the ring until Jay White whooped his ass and took the reins of well, chaos. Well, Jay, White Jay White's chaos found now. the cracks in the foundation and started hammering away during their match at the G1. Fine. Bruno wins. No, Next up, wins. Zach S. Zach, uh, Zach S. <laughs> Let's see what he has to say. What's good, Stephen Watson? Many friendos out there. It's your official friend over IWGP heavyweight champ, Zach S. Coming at you with another match at question. Question this week is... Has the Oscar Cobb looking back and looking at what happened with her on main roster? Has it been a success? Person saying yes tells when it did become a success and how it has become a success. And person saying no tells how it has not been a success and tells what you would do from now till what next WrestleMania you would do to make her a success on main roster. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. Hall so, of Famer. Yes. Going in raw Hall of Famer, Zach S. So he, he asked more or less. Did you see he's wearing that Slayer shirt? Yeah, it's a handsome-looking shirt. Like a great did a shirt, great job designing this, that, Steve. You can get this right now at thefriendomarket.com. Anyways, go ahead. Um, more or less, uh, is Oscar's main roster run thus far been a success? Oh, no, no, I don't know how anybody could say yes. No, does she have the? Let me ask him. Does she have the title? Uh-uh. Uh, should she have the title? Oh yeah. Uh, has she been beaten several times? Should she have been beaten? I can maybe justify once, but not three times. Right, no. right. Maybe once. Maybe once, but not three times. No. In a main event match against Charlotte, in a main event match against Charlotte, is how it should have gone down. A year from this past April. Mm -hmm. That's when it should have gone down. I get the idea that, you know, in order to book her properly, you have to have her you well, know, take and, a loss. Well, just, but, just in table, in, 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 to be able to give her her storyline options, I guess, was, yeah. was the idea. To, to So you don't have this dominant force just ruling over the SmackDown women's division for the foreseeable future. I kind of understand that. Nonetheless. I don't get it. Paige puts James Ellsworth in a shark cage, which completely ends up working the other way well, we because kinda, that dude started just throwing weapons down. I we thought that was going to happen anyway. Well, no, I to know. A degree. I get that. But at the same time, like what? She doesn't get a remit? Like, Oscar, come on. Oh, yeah. No. Now it looks like uh, Becky Lynch is going to be taking on Carmella at oh, SummerSlam. Man. It should be Becky Lynch versus Oscar. Mm -hmm. Where's mm -hmm. the competition? They do this. They've done this thing before where they use the. And I look, I like Carmella. I think yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, as yeah. a character, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's been doing great character work. I'm not. She's not a good wrestler. She's not a great wrestler. She's not even really a good wrestler. Um, they do this thing, 
and they've they've done it before. Like they did it with Naomi before, and I like Naomi as much as I like Carmella. She's a really good character, um, lots of charisma, decent wrestler. She. The thing about Naomi is that her move set is unique to her, yeah. and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but she's not a storyteller like Becky Lynch, Oscar, Charlotte, Bailey, or Sasha Banks, and Carmella isn't even close to any of that. But they do this thing with the women's division, I notice they do this especially. They used to do this with the men's division with the IC title, or the US title. They put a title on on somebody to try to make them into something bigger, as opposed yeah. to wait till they're bigger and then put the title and then reward on them. them essentially with the title. And I, I can't stand it. Yeah, I know. And if you look long term, did it what did it I mean, I guess it kind of worked with Naomi because they can say she's smart, but her standing right now isn't really all that different than it was before she had the title. No. And if you look at it in a historical context, how many people actually benefited from having a belt put on them to elevate them up right. the card versus Giving putting a belt on someone after they've already elevated themselves up the so card. All they're doing is just wasting time. That's all they're doing. I know. So I mean, hopefully Becky will win it back at SummerSlam because it seems like that's going to be the match, um, and somebody who actually deserves it will have it, and then maybe Becky will drop it to Oscar in a match that is what we all deserve to see—a killer mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's been terrible. I'm not going to say it's been terrible. It hasn't been very good, though. It just has I mean, they haven't treated her. I'll put it this way. They haven't treated her like. I'll say this. Uh, you know, a mid-carder. No, no, no. The, the the period of time between the Rumble and Mania when Asuka was still on Raw. Uh-huh. And they had her pretty much take on everybody in the Raw women's division. She was putting on really good matches yeah. every week. Yeah. That has been probably the high point of her run thus far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people still view her as scary, and that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't. I'll put it. They haven't buried her. No, but it just it hasn't been the way it really should have been. It, whatever. If if I was Triple H and I had fears about her coming to the main roster, those fears have been realized. Yeah. because it really took them no time at all to just make her another member of the to roster. To take the most dominant champion in NXT mm-hmm. history, and as you said. Make her just another member of the WWE main roster. Yep. And it's a bummer. Yeah, it is a drag. It's a bummer. Next. Next. Oh, Young Lion is is back. He is reborn. He is reborn. As let's awkward what, as ever. Yes, let's see what Young Lion has to say. Oh, hello, friendos. It's me, Young Lion Reborn, here returning to give you guys the gloryfulness of Matt Jack. Now, Adam Cole, we all love Adam Cole. We love the Undisputed Era. It's true. But, who else in the Undisputed Era has the potential to even come close to the success that Adam Cole, baby, will have on the main roster? I give you these options. Roderick Strong. Bobby Fish. Kyle O'Reilly. The choice is yours. Man, I'll say this about young Liam, though. That freaking head of hair on him, that's something to be jealous about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Them kids and their great hair. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. It's Roderick Strong. Okay. Um, Tell us why. He's probably the best 
in-ring wrestler of anybody in Undisputed Era. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you, you've spoken highly in the past, and I agree with you about his selling ability. Oh, yeah. Um, he's quick. He's athletic. He's super strong. Yeah. Um, he's got it all. He's got a very distinct style with his uh, uh, implementa- implementation of backbreakers and emphasis on backbreakers. Yeah, but what's the best thing about him? Flying knee. Oh, the flying knee where he takes <laughs> out two people with one flying knee. It's great. Uh, from a wrestling standpoint, I think he is the strongest member of Undisputed Era. The knock on him with us was always his personality, his character work. Uh, um, now that he has turned heel, now that his uh, his heel turn is undisputed, undisputed, I think his character work is outstanding. He fits right in with everybody else. The little asides um, he drops during their group promos are great. Um, uh, right now, I have no questions about his ability to be a strong character so long as he maintains this current trajectory. Um, and if, 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 if Adam Cole wasn't a member leader of undisputed era, put Roger strong in that spot, it'd still be pretty solid. It's Roger. It'd, it'd be solid here. Here's my concern. My concern is this. What if they try to pull like a Bobby Roode thing with them where they bring him up to May? Number one, undisputed era should never break up. Never, ever. They should dominate for the next 20 years. Yes. Um, my only concern is. At some point, if they do break up the Undisputed Era, which never happened. Should never happen. Roderick Strong will either go back to being a face, in which case his wrestling... No, nobody's wrestling is ever good enough to, 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 wits, overcome, to, to overcome bad creative from WWE because it could be pretty bad sometimes. Yes. And so I feel like he'll just be another good hand. You know what I mean? Um, so that is my concern with Roderick Strong. He works so well right now because he's with guys who are obviously his best friends. They are heels. They get the joy of playing bad guys, and it fits him perfectly because it looks like the dude is having fun, so yeah. we have fun. Yes. Um, I'm going to go in a different route. I'm going to say Redragon. I'm going to say uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and uh, the old-timey guy Bobby Fish. I think their upside is higher simply because, uh, number one, they're an elite-level tag team. They have been for a long time now. Um, In a company where tag team wrestling is not at its strongest right now. No. Um, There's a lot of comedy acts. Raw is a really, really bad sort of... There are no prominent tag teams. We actually saw a really prominent tag team in the not too, uh, in, in a fairly recent uh, history, and that was um, Thebar. I think Thebar was a fantastic tag not team. Not even on TV anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, although I, I imagine they're going to do something big with them soon. Um, the Usos are great. The New Day are great. Um, they're elite tag teams. Bludgeon Brothers I could do without. Um, Here's the thing, though. Um, in terms of their, their tag team chemistry, their in-ring ability, uh the, probably the best analogy I can think of to Redragon, not in terms of stylistics, but in terms of how they operate as a team, is the Revival. Look what happened to Revival when it got yeah. complimented. They got a hot start. They beat New Day at their debut. Of course, injuries probably uh, sidetracked their push if it was going to happen. Um, nonetheless, Revival's not even hardly ever utilized these days. Yeah, but I honestly think, as we've seen with Kyle O'Reilly, just through sheer force of character, he can get over. Um, with his little funny facial expressions, with his air guitaring, that kind of stuff. And I, and I, honestly, I'm not sure beyond that what I can say. I do think there's a I think the history of Redragon, and I know they're Red Dragon. I like calling him Redragon. 
I think their history, their legacy in the independent scene, I think that also gives them an extra bump over the revival. I just, I don't see them going down that. They're too, they have too much history. They're, they're too good. I think, because I'll put it this way. I would never see them doing that with War Raiders. And I put War Raiders right there with Red Dragon. I really do. Hmm. I don't see them doing that with them. They're too good. And I'll, although, look, I love the revival and I think they're fantastic. Their gimmick might be hampering them a bit. The old school thing, you know? I, mean, I, I, I even hesitate to call that a proper gimmick. That's more just their packaging. Yeah, but they always talk. Like, it's when not, they get a chance to talk, they that's what they talk yeah, about. Yeah, sometimes. And so, I don't know. They've got that. I wonder. I I have no idea this is the truth. No idea. You know, Vince is weird sometimes. Yeah. Right? Which one is it? Um, number one, they, aren't they a bit on the short side? Who? Uh, Revival. They're they're no more tall or short than than Red Dragon. Dragon. No, right. no, they're all about five ten, five eleven. But the bald guy, he's he's getting kind of hoss ish. He's always been that way. He's always been that way. I wonder if that's. I'm just look. If anything, so you can shrug it off if you want, but you know how weird Vince yeah, is. Yeah, no, I think if anything, you think Vince wouldn't look at that and say, "Why doesn't that guy have better abs?" You think he wouldn't say that? Well, he might, but he would. I, I, if if anything stifled their push, if it was going to happen, I think primarily it'd be the injury concerns. Yeah. And here's another thing, though. I don't think they're Triple H guys. Oh, I don't know. I will guarantee you Red Dragon are Triple yeah, H guys. And that kind of matters. Eh, not so much on the main roster. Who did Triple H bury in that episode of Raw 25? The Revival. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you, man. Red Dragon are Triple H guys. The entire Undisputed Era oh, probably. is a group that Triple but, H you know, wants you, to be a part of. You just go of. back to the, the, the state of things in main roster tag division. It's not very good. No, it's not. Um, and it, there's not a whole lot of emphasis, especially on Raw, being put on tag team wrestling in any sort of serious manner. SmackDown's better. Yeah. Um, I feel like it could be better yet if, you know, whenever the titles get off Bludgeon Brothers and onto New Day or Usos or... So I'm not to say that Bludgeon Brothers do bad work in the ring. They do their they serve their function as giant monster heels, and they do it pretty well. It just doesn't necessarily make for the most exciting matches. You go back mm -hmm. to the New Day Uso feud, which was fantastic mm -hmm. across the board. Match after match after match was excellent. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of tag team wrestling I like to see. Yeah. Um, so the potential is there for Redragon to step into the, the pool of teams on SmackDown and succeed and succeed greatly. I just don't have a whole lot of confidence in Korea's ability to do that because, say, Undisputed Era breaks up. Redragon gets sent to SmackDown, and they say, all right, Kyle O'Reilly, you do MMA stuff, so go back to kind of what you're doing in Ring of Honor and take yourself super seriously. Oh, I don't know about that. Number one, I don't think they'd break him up when they send him to Maine. I really don't. Oh, I hope not. I mean, I would think that they're, they just released a second merch shirt for them. Mm-hmm. That has to mean something, right? Well, it means they're sticking around NXT for a little bit. Well, yeah, but how many people have had two merch shirts in NXT? Nakamura, Aleister Black. Don't know if Finn did. Finn probably did. He had the demon and regular Finn. Of course, yeah, I think he did. Joe had one. These days, though. Yeah, not very often. Not they're super popped. Everybody loves Undisputed Air. I know. Why would yeah, they no, break no, them I don't, up? I'm not, exactly. I don't think they're going to break them up on, on, on their way to Maine. They shouldn't if they do. They're, they would be so it's dumb if they didn't if they didn't debut them in the biggest manner possible. Oh yeah, they would be foolish yeah. if they didn't. Which oh. means they'll probably debut a main event. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, that, we, is that the thing that we need to say so it yeah. doesn't happen? Yeah. All right. We see the, we say the show main event and they debut main event of WrestleMania. In any event, I have because I'll I'll put it this way though because the tag division is so crap, I have 
more confidence in a really, really good tag team making better waves than another singles male guy who on his own doesn't exactly have a shine through personality. Oh, I understand. And that's that. Roger Strong. But so his, I guess that's but my his point. work is just so exceptional. It, the, like if his ceiling is Cesaro, mm-hmm. that's not that bad. It's a good ceiling. Yeah. No, that's a good ceiling to yeah. have. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, and I feel like Roger Strong has the capabilities to maybe have a stronger personality than Cesaro has or has shown. They need to keep the Undisputed Era together, man. Oh, gosh, yeah. They're so good. They're, They're so, so perfect, perfect together. together. Everything about them is perfect. <laughs> Everything. Say, I don't speak loser. You want to hear a joke? <laughs> Ricochet. <laughs> they all laugh. I literally laughed out loud when he said that, dude. I laughed out loud when he said that. Okay, next one from Delete, the Freak of Destruction. Let's see what Delete has to say. All right. What's up, Steven Larson? Freak Legion here. I'm Delete, the Freak of Destruction. My boy Buddy Love right there, Freak of Love. We got Loki somewhere around here. Hey, Nemo, you want to get in on this? <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, my Matt Chat question for this week is, what faction was more influential, NWO in their prime or DX in their prime, which had a better impact? You guys debate that? Too sweet? Hearty handshake? Out. All right, where is that house party? I want to go. That looks like fun. Whatever those people are, I want to be hanging out I with be, them. I believe that 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 faction, that stable, was the Freak Legion. Oh, right. Or Nemo's Freak Legion, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, remember when back when we were in our 20s, you just dick around at somebody's house? Oh, yeah. Not doing shit? Yeah. That's what it looks like they were doing. I I, there's a part of me that missed that. I love having a family. It's a lot of fun. I miss hanging out and just doing nothing. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't get to do that enough. Anyways, uh, you go first. All right. The, the, the right answer is the NWO. Come on. It's the most influential thing in the modern era. Give me a break. It's the NWO. Um, they're the ones who started, you know, Eric Bischoff, the genius that is Eric Bischoff, his true vision of the NWO, you know, sort of playing, uh, playing with kayfabe a little bit breaking down the walls, if you will. Of course, you've got Hulk Hogan in there. You've got motorcycles. You've got beauty pageants with, you know, ugly you're, women in you're them. You're destroying your own argument, man. <laughs> Sold out as a classic favor of you, Larson. Riding around in garbage trucks. <laughs> Not understanding, you know, metaphors. Um, I don't know. It's NWO, man. They Everybody admits, yeah, they kind of made wrestling cool again, although... In hindsight, not really. <laughs> In hindsight, not unless, really. Unless dad jeans and tucked in shirts are your definition of cool. <laughs> and fanny packs, yeah. exactly. Those are coming back, though. I'm going to get one for StarCast, Larson. I'm totally getting a fanny pack for StarCast. Fine. And I'm going to put a going and wrong bordered patch Do what on you it. want, man. Okay. I'll, I'll just walk. I'll just be on the other side of the room. Yeah, but it's end I mean, the NWO was around before DX. They kind of kicked Vince McMahon's ass into, you know, updating his shit. You know, it's like, oh, enough of these cartoon characters. We're now launching into the contemporary era where ooh, ooh, all that kind of stuff. That cheesy speech he gave for Vince McMahon. Anyways, yeah, it's the NWO. That's the answer. Uh, DX is the answer. Um, they showed their assholes a lot, didn't they? They did, especially the uh, original incarnation. <laughs> um, and if you think about, like, who, who were the personifications of the Attitude Era, of course, they're Stone Cold. But then also DX. They were, they were a bit lewd. A bit. How many times did we see Shawn Michaels, like the outline of his like seventy five percent engorged penis? Oh, a couple, at a least. lot, at least. That dude fluffed himself before like every segment he was. Well, he always wore those little tight shorts. Too. Yeah, um, they were edgy. 
they 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 brought a a, a, a unique sense of humor to WWE programming that hadn't been seen ever. You sound like JR doing commentary back then right now. They're edgy, bringing a unique sense of humor. That WWE's maybe never ever seen before. <laughs> They're lewd. <laughs> wow. Like, they did a ton of bits with Sergeant Slaughter that were hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Jerry, I do believe I and just I know, saw Shawn Michaels' butthole. Um, I know the too sweet is the most iconic gesture in the history of wrestling, and that predates NWO. That's a click thing. Yeah, that's true. But perhaps the second most yeah, iconic. Half the click was NWO. But the other half was DX. Yeah. Um, perhaps the second most is the crotch chop. Yeah. Um, and that has its origins with DX. Yeah, okay. You know, we did, are one of our favorite gifts. Yeah. Drew McIntyre pointing to somebody. Crotch chop. Uh, during the cage match against Braun Strowman. What did Kevin Owens do? Crotch chop. Said, suck it. After Adam Mayhem won the H title, what did he do? Crotch, crotch chop. chop. Yeah. So uh, you can't discount DX's influence. Um, NWO might be the most, the most influential, but don't shortchange DX. Hugely influential in their own right. No, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, next up, uh, Joshua the Dynamic Knight Martinez has a, he's returned. He was gone, gone for a well, week. Well, he had a text question. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey friendos, Josh Martinez back here again. Back from my week of hiatus. Well, it was a rough week at work, so I decided just to write something instead of sending something in. A little disappointed Steven Larson aren't down for the Devil's Lettuce, but that's cool. Probably a better choice. Um, as far as my question goes, we always talk about the wrestlers from New Japan or Ring of Honor, the indies that we want to come to WWE. But if you had to pick someone or act that you don't want to come to WWE, what would that, who would that be? For me, it'd be the Elite. Like, they're too good. I don't know if the E can handle them, if they book them right. They're just keep them on Ring of Honor in New Japan. Um, but yeah, that's my choice. What do you guys think? Thanks, Rendos. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. <laughs> I say thank you, Joshua. Man, listen, here's the thing. Just because we said we're not going to get high with you in Illinois, in Chicago, doesn't mean we don't want to. It just means that we can't. A, because it's, I think it's illegal in Illinois. Uh, unless it's for medicinal purposes. Right. Yeah. So there's that. And then number two, like we're going to be, we have to be on point. Like we have to be meeting people at StarCast. Don't say professional because we are not that. Um, we have to be uh, approaching professional. Look, my finger's healing up pretty good. You're obsessed with that. Isn't Anyways, crazy? let's answer this question. Who shouldn't go to WWE? I go first. Kazuchika Okada should not go to WWE. Oh, I agree with that. Um, they, I, uh, they don't. They're not gonna know what to do with him. He's he's one of, if not the best storytellers. Yeah. In ring, in the entire world, his character work is great, and 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 I, I feel like the 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 major reason why yeah. is due to his subtlety. Mm -hmm. um, so much of what he does is subtle. Yeah. Um, slight little changes. I mean, like at Wrestle Kingdom this past year. What did he do? Bleached his hair again. Yeah. Okay. There wasn't, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a huge deal about it. Now his new... Uh, I mean, his uh, pants were far less subtle. His but new, the whole idea yeah. of Ro Okada Reborn was, was a subtle tweak on what we've seen. Because it was, again, as we say so often with New Japan, it played against our expectations. He yeah. got a 
He defended his belt successfully the entire previous year, but he's gotten his ass beat match after match after match, but somehow managed to retain. And we thought the story was going to be, oh, it's going to be the accumulation of injuries. They're going to take their toll, and Naito's going to win that belt. No. Mm-hmm. Okada showed up at Wrestle Kingdom refreshed, rejuvenated, and he, I don't want to say dispatched Naito with ease, but it, the match definitely lacked the drama that I thought was going to be involved in. Of course, I thought Naito was going to win too. I appreciate that they've also kicked his character arc into Superdrive. Yes, Christ's <laughs> confidence, man. <laughs> Performance anxiety now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, that is great. Freaking A, dude. It's fantastic. And, th- th- and what a, what a freaking, like, and here's the thing. It, I was about to say, what a risky thing to do. Within a span of a couple months, take a god and bring him back down to earth. And have him try to figure out how things work now. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you, like, I'd never see WWE. No, they're never going to do that in WWE. They would never. never do that. Never. They would never, never. do that. No. Um, and, and I mean, Okada works so well with how New Japan tells their stories. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's like the cornerstone of the whole promotion. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I wouldn't want Okada to go to WWE because... I love him in New Japan, and he is so New Japan. Everything you just said is completely true. However, if he went to New Japan, I think he would... I'm sorry, if he went to WWE, if they storyline, and not storyline, but mainly storyline, rolled out the red carpet for him and treated him like an A-level guy, he would do just fine. Oh, he'd probably do well, yeah. Naito's mystique... I'm not sure how well that would translate in the WWE. That would concern me far more than Okada. See, I feel the op- I actually feel the opposite. I feel like Naito's mystique would would translate really well because it feels more tangible. Maybe. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. And also, when the two, you know the handful of shows, New Japan shows, we've been here in the states, next to maybe Kenny and the Young Bucks, who gets the loudest pop is Naito. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I just, I kind of worry that it would be lost on the people who aren't, which is, I think, the majority of the people in the crowd. It would be lost on the crowd, and creative wouldn't know what to do with. Well, it. I think also Naito's character is far more distinct than Okada's. I mean, like Okada's, mm. the Rainmaker gimmick is he makes so much money, so much money for New Japan that he's the Rainmaker. He makes it rain money for himself, for the company, all that. Yeah. But it's, again, it's in the subtleties of how he presents himself. Okada, yeah. that is. Whereas Naito, you know, he comes out, does the tranquilo, well, spits. Well, I mean, it's, I've said this before. Like, when you see Almas, you see probably what they would do with Naito. Like, they're both LIJ, and they have, they'll both have the tranquilo thing going mm-hmm. for themselves. I kind of feel like that's what we would get. Um, but I do, I feel like Okada, look, Okada is handsome, millionaire playboy who is you know just the king the god of wrestling that's really that, that's 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 really easy to figure out in WWE you would think Naito on the other hand I don't even know what is LIJ anyways well they're ungovernable well I, I get that but like what's their thing they're cool yeah they're super cool yeah Sometimes WWE isn't. Oh, they don't know how to do cool at all. Like Finn Balor is the only guy there who's really That's because actually he's just cool. naturally cool. He's naturally super duper cool. Yeah. Naito might be naturally super duper cool. I'm not sure how well it would translate with the Knights. I think Okada, that's that's more difficult to get wrong, I think. That's that's my that's just my gut saying. So I, I, again, going back to a, a macro and a micro level, I feel like in a macro sense he might be right. Hmm. They could present him 
in, 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 uh, like, for example, EC3. He's he's the the wealthy guy. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's his gimmick. They could do that with Okada, mm-hmm. but I feel like if you get down to the the details of it, they won't really know how to utilize his strength, his subtlety, to its fullest because WWE doesn't really do subtlety well. Yeah. Whereas Naito, he can present his character in much broader strokes. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like with Okada, if they treat him like a big deal, that translates. With Naito, his character isn't really "I'm a big deal." His character is "Who gives a shit?" You know. Yeah. That's his character. I'm yeah, not I know. sure. I'm not sure. It's apathy, not essentially. Sure, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that would translate well. That's my gut. I don't know. I kind of feel like it would. Next up, we've got Ao Worm with a question. Another yeah. going in raw Matt Chat Hall of Famer. Let's see what Ao Worm has to say. What's good, everybody? Ao Worm here back again once again with another Matt Chat question. Hi, right, Steve Larson. So, in your opinion, who will be the next Grand Slam champion? So, in my personal opinion, I believe that John Cena will inevitably get the IC championship. But who do you guys think will be the next Grand Slam champion? I'm going to give you guys a list that I saw on WWE with everybody who's like one title away from being a Grand Slam champion. Let me know who you guys think will become the next. All right, guys. Take it easy. Two sweethearty handshake. I'm out. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Thank you, A.O. Worm. We're in complete agreement with this. Next Grand Slam champion will be Kevin Owens. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Um, I thought they would have kept him and Sami Zayn together. Yeah. Made the, a push yeah. for the tag titles on Raw. Yeah. The only the only other, because like he said, there's a list on WWE.com mm-hmm. that you can check out. The only person even close, number one, I don't think Cena would go after the IC title. That's not going to, I don't think he's, that's not going to. There's only one title he cares about. Yeah. That's number 17. Kevin Owens, like you said, he's one tag team championship away. That could easily, easily happen. Yeah. Um, the, the only person maybe in the realm would be Sheamus maybe, for the Intercontinental he's Championship. He's got the bum neck, though. And he's in a really good tag team. I know. And on top of that, if he leaves the tag, number one, they're on SmackDown. And if, if So they're on SmackDown. If he gets out of the tag team, how would he make his way? I mean, if he goes back to Raw... I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff to happen. I know. They're a really good tag team. I know. They're like a marquee tag team. I know. So, I don't know. I don't see that happening. Yeah, it's Kevin Owens. It's Kevin Owens. And that's probably going to happen, I would say, within... It's not outside of the realm possible that to happen in the next 24 months. Oh, I would you say know? the next 18. Yeah. 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 Uh, next, Minnesota Joe. Let's see what Minnesota Joe has to say. Hey, friendos. It's Minnesota Joe here. Back with another Matt Chat question. And... I've been thinking about, uh, you know, who's the greatest wrestler of all time? And I came down to two people. Number one, Ric Flair. And the other guy, Kazuchika Okada. Those are my top two greatest wrestlers of all time, in my opinion. Like, sure, maybe in-ring Okada is better because, like, you know, wrestling's improved since Ric Flair's time. But I think, like, promo... Just personality, the way they present themselves, they're both just the best of all time, along with their wrestling. Just face, heel, doesn't matter. They're amazing. So I want you guys to debate and help me decide who's the best of all time, Ric Flair or Kazuchika Okada. Thanks, friendos. Too sweet and a hearty handshake. Thank you, Minnesota Joe. Thank you, Minnesota Joe. Minnesota Joe looks like the kindest member of, J- of Bullet Club. Looks like a very kind member. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, hey, you're too sweet, eh? Anyways, uh, best ever. 
I mean, it's probably Ric Flair. Look, here's the thing. I don't want this episode for me to be all anti-Okada because I do think Okada is a wrestling god and I love everything about him. Um, with Ric Flair, so especially for his time, he was a best bout machine, you know? Um, and he was doing it 300 days a year, yeah. if not more. Yeah. And didn't in his documentary, he said something like he masturbated twice a day. <laughs> I mean, come on. How's that not best ever? Um, and then on top of that, he had, he like lived the character and those promos of his. And I love, look, I love Okada's promos. I just, they're a little difficult for me to understand because they're in Japanese and I don't speak that language. So maybe he's dropping Shakespeare. I have no idea. Ric Flair's promos were maybe the best ever. And so you combine best bout machine status with best promos ever status and you know his huge number of championships that he held and and how often he did it and how many buildings he sold out i don't know man it's i, I kind of feel like it's got to be rick flair best ever all right i'll try to make a case for kazuchika okada i mean if i'm if i'm looking in historical context i'd agree with you here's the thing i'd say about okada i, I talked a lot about uh, his accolades earlier sure um the fact that he, this last title reign he's had Incredible matches across the board. I think he's a four-time IWGP heavyweight champion. Here's the thing to remember. He just turned 30 years old. Oh, yeah. For he sure. has a lot of career in front of him. Yeah. So while we can sit here and look at Ric Flair's accolades across the entire breadth of his career, we can't do that yet with Okada. Just seeing what he's done so far, mm -hmm. um, I think they said he started wrestling at 23 in yeah. just seven years already, is incredible. He's like the Beatles of wrestling. Yeah. So you got to think, he's maybe got another, at least another five to ten good years left in him operating at a high level what year did rick flair start wrestling 70 something like that three. but he didn't win his first nwa title i think till 79 so he was okay so he was 30 okay, okay. when he won the title the first time okay um so yeah yeah so i mean yeah I, I, flair I had point. you know 18 title reigns after he turned 30 okada's already had four before he's turned 30 mm -hmm. um so I'm not quite ready to give the the greatest of all time award to Flair quite yet. Um, but of course, that argument stands for just about any time period because it's entirely possible that in five years or ten years we can uh, someone will start wrestling or, or rise to prominence who eclipses Okada and Flair, and we just have to wait till they how they see how their career plays out. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, if you're making a, a list of of greatest wrestlers of all time, for sure, Flair's on it. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Greatest probably, right now, though, is definitely Okada. Best uh, storyteller, man. Oh, man. I, I agree with you. Incredible storyteller. Absolutely. <laughs> Accomplished a lot. A lot. Yeah, he's before he's even turned 30 years old. Yeah. It's incredible. He's like a wrestling god. I he like, is. I like that time he froze before going to the ring. Yeah. That's seriously, I have to watch that now. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Anyways, next up, we've got uh, the sneaker head of Going In Raw, DJ Mott. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Steven Larson. It is your Going and Raw sneakerhead, DJ Ma here. If you guys had to make an Evolution faction with Roman Reigns being in the Triple H role and Triple H being in the Ric Flair role, what would be the two rookies or two other faction members that you guys would put in to the new Evolution faction? Um, it doesn't have to be from NXT. It could be from the current roster. It could be a tag team, whatever you guys want. Anyways, too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thanks, guys. Thank you, DJ Mott. Thank you, DJ Mott. I'll go first. So we got a new evolution. We got Triple H in the flare role, Roman in the Triple H role. I say, give me Velveteen Dream and Buddy Murphy. Okay. Um, 
that way you kind of got all your bases covered for all the the, the, the men's divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have Roman tag with either of them. Mm-hmm. You got Buddy Murphy who, who can dominate the cruiserweight division if mm-hmm. need be. And Velveteen Dream could dominate uh, at first probably the, uh, the, the mid-card mm-hmm. and eventually enter the world title scene. Um, you got Buddy Murphy and Velveteen Dream both extremely athletic plus extremely strong especially Buddy Murphy. He's like, I don't know, man. He seems like he has the strength of a heavyweight yeah, man. in a barely a cruiserweight body. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure he might actually weigh over 205 pounds. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, just the total package. You know, Roman is, is, isn't the most uh, isn't the best on the mic. And we know Velveteen Dream can handle himself in that department. Sure. So he can compensate for whatever Roman's shortcomings might be. Um, in front of the crowd. I want to see like a Roman Reigns promo, but done in the style of Elbowteen Dream from this past week on there NXT. There you go. There you go. I want to see that. Big dog. Big dog. Yard. <laughs> Yard. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Triple H is two, two guys. Two of his guys. Uh, you got Triple H, you got Roman. Give me Pete Dunne and give me Finn Balor. Here's the thing. These guys should be leading factions, not members of factions. Well, neither Especially of them are leading Finn anything Balor. right now. This that that would be phase two. They would then break off and do their own thing. Look, listen, nothing will beat our version of New Evolution. Oh, that's the best. And it's Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Pete Dunne, Pete Dunne and then Triple H. Yeah, that's the best. That's the real New Evolution. That's the best. Yes. Yeah, and you can see that on We Book Raw coming back at some point. Yeah, at some point. Some point. Uh, next up, oh man, non-stop you guys are player. in for a treat. Another question from the editing guru himself, non-stop player. Let's roll this tape. I, I'll watch it three times. Going in raw, not shit. All right, what, what are your what are your top three least favorite finishers used in wrestling today? Thank you, Mister Steven and Larson. Goodbye. I'm telling you, man, nonstop player. He's going places. Oh yeah, he is. He, he is truly nonstop. Yes. And that message at the end: respect your elders. It's 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 confusing, and it's sage advice. Yes. But it's also very confusing. I think he's talking about us because we're old. Oh, maybe that's correct, or maybe we should be, be the one to respect our elders. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. Anyways, uh, uh, you go first. Yeah, I'll go first. My three least favorite finishers. Um, nobody seems to be able to do a spear correctly these days, with the possible exception of Kyrie Sane. So I'll say the spear. I'm not a huge fan but of that. But it's not even her finisher. What's that? Anybody who uses a spear as a finisher, oh, yeah. generally speaking. Yeah, that's no right. Good. Yeah. Charlotte has a, a decent spear, but yeah. again, it's not her finisher. Yeah. Roman Reigns uses the spear slash Superman punch I will say punch uh, Bobby Lashley's spear finisher isn't that bad because he does, he does like a full somersault when he does it. Yeah. Nobody nobody has a spear like Goldberg's old spear because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he hurt people doing that. Yeah, it could be. Uh, next up, I've got... Uh, Mojo Raleigh's new finisher, the Alabama Slam. I hate this move. I hate this move. I hate this move. I like it when Drew does it, but it's uh, backwards. So he drops them on their face. Oh, I'm fine with that because, you know, you can protect yourself really easily. Going backwards, man, that's like a that's a big arc right yeah, there. Yeah, that's like 290 degrees. Well, you're starting from here. Yeah, it's like 270. Might be more than that because you're starting basically you start, perpendicular yeah, here, to the ground. Kind of, yeah, and then, and you then go, you're going almost boom. a full circle. Yeah. So it's not good. 
Um, and then my next one is the unprettier, also known as the kill switch, also known as uh, Juice Robinson does pulp it as friction. The pulp friction, which the only reason it works in New Japan is because they sell the crap out of it. Like if you spike yourself when it's done, it's okay. It is the most awkward setup. I cannot stand. Yeah, it doesn't make that, a that might sense. be my least favorite because you like wrap the person around or something and then you go back like this. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. What? Spear. Finish. Yeah. Uh, double underhook DDT. The only person I feel does it well is Drew McIntyre because he kind of wraps his legs around the person as they fall. So there's a little more oomph to it. Yeah. But when Dean does it, can't stand it. Mm-hmm. I like this old finisher. I didn't I didn't like it when Foley did it yeah. either. Yeah. When, remember Dean's old finisher? We grab him like this and just drop him straight on their head. Yeah. Much better finisher. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, Bad Luck Fale's grenade. He just like sticks his thumb like in a person's chest or something. I can't stand that. Doesn't make any sense. It does. Bad luck falls good because it's. Because it goes like this first. Yeah. It goes. But the bad luck falls good. It's a razor's edge where he just drops him. Yeah. No, I like that. No, I agree with you though. That's a terrible one. Uh, next up from the enforcer himself, Stevie Bradley. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, Steven Larson, all the friendos out there. It's your boy, the going in raw enforcer, Stevie Bradley, here with a uh, question. Monday night we had two uh, triple threat matches. Okay, um, but I was just wondering, the gears were going, what's the best multi-man single elimination match out there? Is it is it a triple threat? Is it a fatal four-way, fatal five-way, six-pack, octo-pack, 10-pack? Uh, what's the best one out there? And what number of those people could put on the best match? Like, let's say you say a triple threat's the best. What is the best main roster triple threat that we could come up with? And if you say a six-pack, what six would be the best? Let me know your thoughts, guys. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank Thank you, you. Enforcer. Thank you, Enforcer. Um, Oh, I go first. You go Um, first. Six-pack challenge, too many people. Same with a five. Three's good, Yeah. but I feel like the perfect number is four. Yeah, Because so often in a triple threat match, you got to take one personality equation so that the two remaining people can fight and so so for a large portion of the match there's at least one person on the sideline you don't have to do that in a, in a fatal four-way you can just pair people off in various uh, iterations so there's always action there's always people involved and i think more than anything that's why i like it mm-hmm. there's no one just chilling out ringside hanging out on the apron act like they're selling or waiting for a moment to strike which can at times be comical <laughs> but also like and they're trying to act like they're still hurting, and they're but they're just waiting for their cue to get back like in the ring. Watching the match, yeah. yeah. Um, so give me a fatal four way. I think it's the perfect number for uh, a, a match involving more than two people. Easy to pair people off. Uh, you can do some crazy spots with four people because you have one more person than three. That's true. However, what you just described is essentially a tor- tornado tag match, but with no allegiances. Give me a triple threat. Listen to this. When's the last time we had a five star fatal four way? There haven't been. Give me a five-star triple threat. Okay, how about X Division, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Are you sure that actually got five Daniels. stars? Yes, I am. All right. Uh, and then, I don't know if it got five stars, but pretty damn good. WrestleMania, when Chris Benoit, who isn't all that good of a person, ended up winning the title uh, with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Fantastic match. Triple threat matches, when done properly, can be transcendent. Fatal four ways cannot. They're too much of a cluster F. So no, it, the answer is absolutely triple threat. That, oh, I can't mention that. Never mind. What? I was going to give a spoiler for something coming up. 
because that's going to be oh, that will fantastic. be good. It will be good. Yeah. Uh, next from Patrick Sparks. Let's see what Patrick has to say. Are there bees involved. Hey, friendos, Pat here. All right, here's how this is going to go. With all this talk of cross promotional stuff going on between like WWE, New Japan, TNA, Ring of Honor, all that stuff. What I want you to do is less of a debate, but more of a dual power rankings. I want both of you to come up with a power ranking of the best wrestlers, in your opinion, to wrestle in WWE, WCW, and ECW. With the caveat of let's take Stone Cold Steve Austin off that list because that's the obvious answer. And as a little bonus, why was Scott Steiner the best to wrestle in WWE, WCW, ECW, and TNA? You fat bastards. Thanks, friendos. Thank you, Patrick. Man, look, he's got that RVD shirt on. It's a great shirt. Good-looking shirt there on Patrick Sparks. Do you want me to go f- first since I have five r- wrestlers listed here, whereas you only have one? <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, no, num- I forgot this is a power. Uh, number one, Chris Jericho. Um, I mean, he, he's possibly top ten greatest ever. Um, number two, I'm going to put RVD. He was in WCW for a short spell oh, before he was man, actually Rob Van Dam, but he was still in WCW. doesn't count. Three is uh, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, four, come on, Raven. Well, I'll put my number and two. And five, I kind of struggled with this one. So I'll say Shane Douglas. Uh, of course, he was Dean Douglas in WWE. His time there didn't go terribly well. Um, I don't think his time really was that great in WCW either. But he was always booked to be a champion in ECW, so that's worth something. Oh, I love Shane Douglas. I think he's great. Here's the power rank. Chris Jericho, number one, absolutely. Number two, Dean Malenko, the Iceman. Oh, hold on. Number three. Hold on. Did Shane Douglas put uh, Eddie Guerrero uh, after Chris Jericho? Yeah, I was going to say Eddie Guerrero. You can't just interrupt my and then give me one of my answers. I didn't even notice that you wrote that there. It's in huge letters. Of course you did. Of course you did. Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, RVD, Mysterio, Raven. That's my five. No, you already said your... Oh, you already said your five. You can have Shane Douglas. I'll take Eddie Guerrero. It's Jericho, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Shane Douglas, the franchise. No, it's Jericho, Guerrero, RVD, Mysterio. Raven. RVD doesn't count. Sure he does. He was in WCW. Not canon. I he mean, he uses real on... name. Oh, or he uses real name. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does matter. No, it doesn't matter. He was Chris Dijak there, not Dominic Dijakovich. <laughs> uh, he's he's going in Raw Wrestler Year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, he totally is. I mean, there's no contest at this point. No contest. No contest. All right, next from the our H champion, your H champion, everybody's H champion, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Adam Mayhem to the show. Buenas tardes from the University. Bienvenidos to another edition of the short version of Chit Chat with the Champ. Now, Stephen Larson, quick question. By the way, hi everybody. I know you don't like me here, but hey, hi. Uh, so. With Sarah Logan's weird-ass Viking gimmick coming to to light this past Monday, I want you to debate weird gimmicks in wrestling that are kind of sort of grounded on reality, but at the same time, they're kind of like all over the place. So pick one, debate, do your thing, and make your money. Sweet. Thanks, champ. Thank you, Adam Mayhem. Uh, Real happy that we you lifted your ban on the office so he could shoot Matt chat questions. Here. Well, if I knew he was going to cheat, 
I probably wouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, I don't like just shoot your question at home. Don't come. You don't have to come here. Why not? What a weirdo. Anyways, um, your answer is going to be the best. I have two but, really good but answers. Well, well, no, there's only one that there, <laughs> only only one of these is the right answer. Yeah, and that's the second one you have listed here. But we'll go over a couple of them. Number one, don't take my first answer though. Dentist is weird. That's uh, especially d- Isaac Yankum, implemented, yeah. especially because it was Kane. Uh, number two, why, IRS why did, guy. Why did, hold on. Why did uh, the wrestling dentist have bad teeth? <laughs> I don't know. But they should have took up Isaac Yankum with Brock Lesnar. Um, I thought he had bad They had an I, I mean, I get, was, so was IRS a direct response to, no, that didn't make any sense. Because Vince wasn't under tax problems. It was a steroid thing. Well, an IRS agent? What the hell? Like, why would anybody, that's not. I mean, it's scary financially, but like, really? An IRS agent? That's just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Isaac Yankum. He looks like a weird Sid, huh? Like yeah, kind of. Right blonde hair. Anyways, get your first answer is crap. No, your second the first answer, answer is good because uh, in the early 90s, Barry Darso, formerly of Demolition, took on a new gimmick of Repo Man, which he pretty much was just the Hamburglar. Yeah, that was weird. Like how yeah. many Repo men actually wear like the, the the mask around the eyes to disguise their identity? I can't think of any. Yeah, I don't even know how that would have been. Like why, that's a that's like a, like you said, Hamburglar, but a burglar yeah. would maybe do that. Yeah, well, I mean like in a cartoon, yeah. In a cartoon, yeah. In real life, no. A Repo guy, like I'm not sure what, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's so weird. Didn't make any sense. Anyways, give the right Anyways, answer. Anyways, the right answer is Sandman when he was a surfer. Okay, here's the thing. But about- here, let me make my case. The thing is, it's even weirder in context of his entire career. Yeah, I know. Because, like, when he was surfer Sandman, he had the body glove suit and all that. And then, like, he tried to wrestle for real. As we know, that's not necessarily his strong suit. Because <laughs> he went on to be Sandman, you know, the guy that drank all the beer and busted cans up on his head and made sure the people he was sharing his beer with were of legal drinking age. Yeah. You know, carrying around the kendo stick and beating people up and bleeding everywhere and all sorts of hardcore matches. But this is a guy dressed as a surfer walking to the ring with surfboard. Yeah. Wrestling traditional wrestling matches. Yeah. Which, knowing what he did later in his career, is really bizarre. Remember that episode? Didn't we, like, do a... Did we do a going in raw view of like an original Eastern champion? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they had like a five minute long Sandman video package, package for Sandman, yeah, for and Surfer like Sandman. Doubling the footage, like they use like some of the same footage over yeah. and over again. Okay, so here's the thing that's so funny about that is that I didn't even know about that until well after. Like I didn't know about Sandman Surfer gimmick until the last, I don't know, a couple of years. I think. Yeah. I might have known about it before, but I never saw it until the WWE Network put up episodes of Eastern Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I got to see it, and I remember it not being in my head and turning on late one night, being like, oh, man, I'm going to check out the first episode of Eastern Championship Wrestling because it's probably hilarious. It's so bad. And you turn it on, and you see, and it's like, oh, that's right. He was a certain, and you see it, and having understood the context of his entire career, like you said, knowing who the Sandman is and what his deal is, and then seeing how he started as surfer guy is just weird it's so bizarre because he does not like you you're like is he making fun of surfers is he gonna pop out a beer and like crash his surfboard on somebody's head Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he doesn't look like a dude who can surf. maybe he does surf. he probably does probably an avid surfer i don't know i have no idea where is he out of again 
Uh, I'll double check. Is there a, like a big surfing scene in Philly? Um, they're not on a, a, an ocean, so probably not. <laughs> right. But where's he from? Where's he from? Well, he's billed from Philadelphia. Oh, he was born in Utah. Again, a landlocked uh, state. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It is weird, though. It is weird. Uh, next. A hey, new, what, 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 what? Was the, what was the gimmick for uh, Shane Douglas and uh, Johnny Ace? Oh, uh, hmm. Skater dudes, right? Yeah, what was their names? Wasn't it something dudes? Dynamic dudes? Was it dynamic dudes? Something like that. And they were skaters? Something like that. That's weird, too. They yeah. didn't actually skate, though. Probably not. I can't since... imagine Johnny Ace ever touching a skateboard. And on top, <laughs> on top of that, Johnny Ace always looked like he was hovering around 50. I know. That's why I can't imagine him ever touching a skateboard. Ever. All right, next, new Matt Chatter, John Lilly. Let's see what John Lilly has to say. Hey, Stephen Larson, John Lilly here with my very first Matt Chat question. Halloween is coming up in a a few months. It's my favorite holiday. And growing up, I always looked forward to the WCW Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. Not because, you know, there's going to be classic matches, but just the promos, the commercials, just that overall Halloween feeling to it. Do you think WWE should be bringing that pay-per-view back for a network special or an NXT TakeOver special? Or should they just do what they did with Starcade last year and just have it as a live event question? Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thank you for your time. Thank you, John Lillian. Welcome you. to the Matt Chat family. Yes, welcome. Bring back Halloween Havoc. Yes, please. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Spin the wheel. Make, make the, the deal. deal. Listen, listen. NXT... Last year for Halloween uh, at a house show, did a gimmick battle royal. Nikki Cross came out as No Way Jose. They all flipped gimmicks, and it looked amazing. It looked amazing. Lighten up, have some fun, flip some gimmicks. Even just make it a network special. Yeah, yeah. Just make it fun. Oh, man, that'd be fantastic. Oh, heck yes. I would love Absolutely. that. Absolutely, 100% yes. No debate here. We're in complete agreement. Yes, please. Next, TNA for life. Let's see what TNA for life has to say. What is up, friendos? It is TNA for life here for another Mad Chat question. So for this upcoming 2K19, the two things that I want to see the most are general manager mode make a return and ECW superstars having a presence in that game because they really haven't in the past couple of games. So Steven Larson, I want to know, what would you rather see in 2K19? A stronger ECW presence in the game or general manager mode? Thank you very much. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace out. Thank you, TNA for life. I wonder Thank if TNA, you, TNA for, for life. life is looking forward to Slammiversary on oh. Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. When Sunday, is it? I Sunday, think. probably. <laughs> Anyways. Um, you want to go first? I know I am. Yeah, GM mode. Uh, we had fun. We I never uploaded it. I think I still have the file. I should probably do that. I don't know. Probably won't do well. Um, but GM mode seemed fun when we were doing it. If it's a bit snappier, here's the thing about GM mode. There needs to be a very limited number of load screens if they do a GM mode because it's already kind of dry, like when we played it in SmackDown versus yeah, Raw. Yeah, the most fun part was the draft. Yeah, exactly. So if they can make it so that it's like not as dry as like old GM modes, then yeah, maybe that could be cool. Um, the thing about having you know ECW talent or any talent at all in the game is you know they they you can do that just and create a wrestler you can just download it. Um, 
I would much prefer them have. Um, so like the last good showcase mode was the Stone Cold career mode, career showcase mode. I want them to do something like that again. That would be a lot of fun. Um, but what, what do you think? Uh, ECW talent. Only if, though, we're talking ECW originals. I'm talking Eastern Championship Wrestling oh, yeah, originals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Hotbody. <laughs> of course, oh, God, Surfer yeah. Sandman. Yeah. Uh, all of the original. Original. Super original. Eastern Championship Wrestling superstars. Yeah. Uh, I want a special game mode. Uh, dedicated to that. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I I agree. You I know, like Johnny Hotbody was the first ECW uh, uh, Triple Crown champion. Yeah. No, I I know he that. He dominated early ECW. Yeah. Oh man, I wish they would put this in freaking order. L- listen to some of these names that came out of Eastern Championship Wrestling. Uh, the Anchor, AJ Power, the Canadian Wolfman. Uh, let's see here. The Dark Patriot 2, The Death Rider, Derek Domino, uh, Eric Anderson, Frank Cody, Jack Hammer. <laughs> Who else? John Rock, uh, Jim Curry, The Lumberjack. <laughs> I wonder, could Jack Hammer and The Lumberjack form a freaking tag, tag team? team, yeah. The Lumberjack Hammer? Lumberjack Hammer. All right, we got one more from uh, your Zodiac Killer, Steve. Oh, no. Oh, scary. Let's see what Steve's Zodiac Killer has to say. Oh, no, no, very scary. Hello, Stephen Larson. I've got another matchup question for you. Now, the Friend or Care package came through the post on Monday, and um, I'd just like to know um, which side should I pick, Mecha Santa or Top Notch Super Best? Um, The only caveat is you've got to argue for the opposite. So, Steve, you'll be arguing for Top Notch, and Larson, you'll be arguing for Mecha Santa. Um, Too sweet, hearty handshake, and I'd love to hear your answers, and thank you. Thank you, Steve Zodiac Killer. All right, so I have to make the case for why Top Notch is the man. Well, number one, first and foremost, and this has you beat. This has Mecha Santa beat, okay? Easy. Top Notch, listen to me. Top Notch is the only... Frendo Unified Championship wrestler who has found a way to break free the multiverse, man. of his video game constraints and make himself into an actual person who now goes by the name Chris Dijak. No. Dominic, Dominic Dijakovic. 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 That's why, because he has found a way to cross over into the real world. And become Chris Dijak. Um, and uh, that's pretty much all I can say about him. He's kind of a turd, so you go ahead. Oh, he's a turd, but he's great. Uh, you mentioned, yes, uh, Dominic Dijakovic bears a striking resemblance. He really does. The top notch. And so, uh, you know, if, say you're a fan of Donovan Dijak slash Chris Dijak slash Dominic Dijakovic's work. Yeah. You can put top notch up. It doubles as a as a poster for Dominic Dijakovic. Mm-hmm, yeah. to, it, it serves two roles, potentially. The only argument I can make uh, in favor of Mecha Santa is that he uh, defeated Top Notch for the H title in dramatic fashion. Oh, yeah. Um, after Top Notch proved to be the only man who could defeat Mecha Santa, Mecha Santa got his win back. Kind of need a rubber match at some point. I don't yeah. know if it's going to happen or well, what no, is going to happen. No, we're going to do interdimension tension. Um, it's just we're going to do it. 
before the next game drops. Yeah. Um, but no, it's gotta be. I mean, look at that. It's Mecha Santa. Do you want to Congress under him, or do you want to hang out with this guy? Yeah, dude, he's terrifying. He's pretty creepy too. They're both kind. I'm very happy with those drawings, though. Yeah, you did a good job. Yeah, I did a pretty decent job. No, but it's Mecha Santa. He's 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 the last H champion of the interdimensional realm. Technically, he has a Chris Benoit face on top of his face. Hmm. No, then top so notch. That's, then. that's something to think about. Then top notch slash Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah, who doesn't want to <laughs> picture Chris Dijak in there, freaking of a cartoony bluish Chris Dijak in there? Anyways, that's our show for the week. That's our show for the week. Thanks so much for watching. And, of course, patrons, thank you very much. If you want to participate in Matt Chat and send your video question to us, you can do that. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. $20 pledge. You can do it if you just want to do it for, like, one month. It's one $20 pledge. You'll probably get on four or five times, depending on how many weeks there are in the month. Um, and you also get the Friendo Care Package, which is really great. You get, you actually get that poster. Whoops, I hit your mic, sorry. For, with the Friendo Care Package, 20 bucks. It's a really great deal. Check it out. Till next time, talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.